I'm Jill Shaw, and you're listening to Last Night at School Committee. Ross Wilson and I are here to summarize for you what happened last night during the Boston Public Schools School Committee meeting. What happens at each school committee meeting has big implications for our students and our city. And this podcast shines a light on the decisions our leaders are making. Ross, good morning. Good morning, Jill. Jill, it was another short meeting last night. Yes, in fact, it was the official meeting was only a half an hour long. That's right. At the beginning of the meeting, Chair Jerry Robinson announced that two school committee members, Lorena LaPera and Rafaela Polanca Garcia, weren't able to attend the meeting. And another two members, Dr. Stephen Alkins and Brandon Cardet Hernandez, would have to leave the meeting early. Here's what she said. Tonight's meeting will be a little bit unusual. Due to illness and travel, we will not have a quorum for the entire duration of the meeting. In order to conduct the necessary business of the school committee this evening, I would like to propose that we move the votes to the beginning of the agenda. If and when members need to leave, we will vote to adjourn the meeting so as we will no longer have a quorum. Given the urgency of the work being done by the district and the upcoming DESE system improvement plan deadlines and the need to share this important information with our stakeholders and community members, the remaining members will stay on to hear the acting superintendent's report and the update from the district on the systemic improvement plan. Now, last night's meeting wasn't originally on the schedule. It was added at the previous meeting. So it's not surprising that members might have a conflict. There was a quorum for the three votes, but some members were only able to attend briefly to make that happen. The board chair sets the timing for these meetings. And this is the second meeting in a few months where many members were not able to attend. Hopefully there's a new cadence in the fall and there will be a quorum at every meeting going forward. You know, when this happened in May, the entire meeting was scrapped. But last night they chose to move forward with the meeting, hold the key votes at the beginning while they had a quorum and then continue afterwards with the superintendent's report and other presentations. So the official meeting was only a half an hour long. They adjourned the meeting at 530 last night, but they then continued until 730 with other business for the night. That's right. There were three votes last night at the top of the meeting. There was a quick unanimous vote on the Athletics Association membership for several Boston high schools. This is something we spoke about in our last episode. There was also a quick unanimous vote approving $11 million in grants. And there was a vote on the contract for incoming superintendent Mary Skipper. Since it was decided on June 29th that Mary Skipper will be the next superintendent, there's been a big open question about when she'll be able to start. Mary is currently the superintendent of Somerville Public Schools and needs to wrap up her work there before her transition. Last night, we learned about her start date and the details of her contract. Here's Chair Robinson. Superintendent Skipper will serve a four-year term beginning on September 26th. Until then, she'll be working per diem while she winds down her work with Somerville Public Schools. Superintendent Skipper will be compensated $300,000 dollars per year. This pay is consistent with similar recent city hires, including police commissioner and the fire commissioner. Superintendent Skipper will also receive a yearly contribution to her retirement annuity. The superintendent will receive annual performance reviews by the school committee with eligibility for a 2.5% pay increase next year. After that, the district will conduct a review of the market rate of similar size urban district superintendent salaries 
to ensure a competitive salary. The contract includes language that allows the parties to mutually agree to separate, which was not in previous superintendent contracts. The superintendent will have the option to utilize $10,000 for professional coaching if she wishes. So Superintendent Skipper is going to earn a salary of $300,000 per year, consistent with the other prominent recent hires made by the city of Boston, including the police commissioner and the fire chief. Superintendent Caselius earned a salary of $297,000 a year. So this is essentially the same salary paid to Mary Skipper's predecessor. Two school committee members chimed in to applaud the contract, saying they think it, it is a fair and equitable agreement. It was also interesting that this contract included language allowing both parties to mutually agree to separate, which Chair Robinson noted is a new addition. That's right, Jill. We've had recent turnover in the superintendent's position, and we saw what happens when language like this isn't in the contract. As Dr. Casilius negotiated a payout of more than $300,000 as part of her early separation agreement. Of course, we hope that Mary Skipper will be here for a long time, but this is a good safeguard to have in place. Yeah, I totally agree. We also heard for the first time last night the details of acting Superintendent Eccleson's contract. It's important to remember that Dr. Casilius left at the end of June, so Dr. Eccleson has already been in this role for more than a month. And during that time, we hadn't yet heard the details of his contract or how long he would be serving in the acting role. Last night, we got these answers. Here's Chair Robinson again. Dr. Eggleston is serving as acting superintendent until the effective date of the appointment of Superintendent Skipper, which we now know is September 26th. He will be compensated at the rate of $280,000 while acting superintendent and for the following four months while Superintendent Skipper transitions and organizes her leadership team. After his term as acting superintendent, Dr. Eggleston will remain with the district in a leadership role. So Dr. Eccleston is making $280,000 and he's going to continue to receive the salary for four months after Mary Skipper starts. The school committee then voted unanimously to approve Mary Skipper's contract and then the official meeting was adjourned and the unofficial meeting continued with the superintendent's report. That's right. With the start of school in less than a month, major MBTA closures, hundreds of vacant positions, and looming implementation deadlines in the district's improvement agreement with the state, There are a lot of big topics on parents' minds right now. And the superintendent's report last night began with a special appearance by Mayor Wu to speak about these topics. Ross, it's not common for mayors to speak at school committee meetings, but Mayor Wu has given brief remarks a couple of times before. And she came on last night, it seems, to reassure families that she's working hard with the BPS team as they get ready for the school year. She spoke about school food and about her work to address the MBTA crisis and she affirmed that BPS is working hard to meet its implementation deadlines with DESE, mirroring the district's language about working in close partnership with the state. She then handed the meeting back to Dr. Eccleson to continue with his report. Dr. Eccleson continued by touching on each of these topics of concern. He said the district has been aggressively hiring and has hired nearly a thousand new teachers thus far. He said the district is working to ensure strong COVID protocols for the school reopening and will be holding community meetings later this month to discuss student safety. He also said the district is working to address the impacts of the Orange Line closure, a point that led to this question from Mr. Cardet Hernandez. So I'm just curious, you gave us uh, 
top lines on some sort of like milestones internally that you guys are working towards. I guess, when can a parent expect to hear the plan for their students' transportation, good news or bad news? Like we, we might not be delivering the answer we wanna offer, but it will give a parent enough of a runway to make alternative plans if needed. So my fear is we're moving into September and a parent would not know the plan for their individual students' transportation. And so sort of what's the timeline you're operating under for communication? So Jill, Dr. Eccleson responded by basically saying he's not able to answer the question right now. He said they were caught off guard by these closures and they're still trying to work out what to do when school starts. Mr. Cadet Hernandez pushed back a bit saying that it would be good for parents to know at least what is being considered at this point so they can start planning. And Dr. Eccleson said he'd bring that note back to his team. The meeting moved on to public comment where there were only four speakers last night. Following public comment, there was only one presentation, an update on how BPS is working to meet the August 15th mandates in its improvement agreement with the state. Ross, August 15th is just four days away. Jill, certainly is. I mean, we're talking about Monday uh, is August 15th, and there's essentially nine out of 10 criteria that BPS has to meet according to the DESE guidelines and the DESE MOU. And really, BPS is on track to meet all of them. None of these criteria are really outcome-based. They're all about convening and initiating groups or starting the process of a contract with partners to do audits of the district. BPS is really doing all of it. They're set to meet all of these criteria. These are all process-oriented goals, but they're on track to meet every one of them by Monday. And Jill, it should be noted, like the big outcome-based goals, like our students getting to school on time, uh, at least 95% on-time arrival, those we won't know until the fall if the district is meeting them. But, you know, look, overall, it, it's good to hear about the district's planning for our English language learners, our students with disabilities, about transportation, all of these things would have otherwise never really been covered in school committee. And finally, we get to hear them at a school committee meeting in the summer, which is, it's a really great progress. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? It seems like there's a lot of positive momentum maybe being created by the contract that's in place with DESE. And also maybe because the new superintendent is already at the helm to some degree. Everyone's talking about how they talk to her multiple times a day and things are really organizing around some change. Jill, I, I totally agree. It was interesting to hear Dr. Eccleson acknowledge that. In the past, a lot of this work was happening in separate BPS departments without much communication and collaboration. But going forward under his leadership and Mary Skipper's, they're gonna do things differently. I mean, here's what he said. We can't fall into our old patterns of the way that BPS has done business. Our old patterns are to continue to go into silos, um, to work independently, to box others out of our own individual work. We have learned that that process will not work. We have to do a better job figuring out how to work cross-functionally, make our work more transparent, um, solicit and accept feedback internally and externally as we're moving forward. And we fundamentally have to do a better job of ensuring that one of the main drivers and purposes of a central office is to ensure that our schools and our school leaders um, and our educators at the schoolhouse get the support that they need and deserve. 
I know that this is a sort of key operating principle for incoming superintendent Skipper. It's also a shared belief that I have. So Jill, that's where we are. Mary Skipper will, will officially be joining in September with a renewed focus on collaboration and communication within BPS. And it sounds like she's already heavily involved. With just weeks away from the start of school and the acting superintendent is managing hundreds of unfilled positions, newly announced MBTA closures that will disrupt travel to school, alignment with the mandates of the new agreement with DESE, and a new focus on making impactful changes in BPS in the areas including data, ELL, and special education that have real impacts on student lives. It looks like we are already seeing the influence of the new superintendent and shifts towards positive change. And that's what happened last night at the Boston Public Schools School Committee meeting. Here are some of the questions that we think are worth asking. When will parents hear about their particular transportation plan, given the MBTA announcement about closure of the Orange Line and its impact on travel to school? Is BPS on track to meet the next set of milestones in the DESE agreement? And what is the plan if BPS is not able to fill open key positions across the district? And of course, there are ways to stay informed and get involved. If you'd like to hear more about the school committee meetings in Boston, as the city embraces its new superintendent, sign up for our email list at shawfoundation.org. Thank you for listening to Last Night at School Committee. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, please rate, review, like, and share it with your fellow friends, parents, and residents of Boston. We all have a stake in the future success of Boston students. Have a great day.